creating content that shows who you are and attracts the people you want to work with. My name is Trey McLeddy and I'm building my company, McLeddy Media, into the best real estate content marketing company in the world. Welcome to my podcast where I'll be teaching you everything I learned on how to build a better business and market yourself to get the right customers. Started build, I actually started closing some people, then uh, 2008 hit and that's always tough. Uh, so recovered from that, started building some more uh, clientele. Um, and then in 2011, had a chance to break off from the firm where I was working. And how long were you working at that firm for before you broke uh, off in 2011? Nine years. Let, so. let, let's start there for a second, because yeah. that's really interesting. Because right now we see a lot of kids that are either not going to college, coming straight out of high school and starting yeah. businesses, or kids that are coming out of college and then starting their businesses right away. I think what's interesting about your story is you started off as an intern and worked your way and learned the business. And after nine years, that's a long time. Well, you figure about you five of it, four of it was just really learning. Yeah. And then that fifth one, I went out and started to, okay, can I gather assets on my own? Spent about five years doing that. And it's, it's a very push the rock up the hill kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, Cause then once I broke out on my own, kind of took another, it's like three steps forward, one step back. Cause then you had to start getting your own thing going. First you had to go try and save all your clients and get them to move, <laughs> you know? Um, and you lose a little there, so you take a step back. But then started doing it again. Started building some, some momentum. Had uh, some luck thrown in there with, um, at the time, Pac Bell had some early retirement offers. I was able to scoop quite a few clients at one time um, and really start to, to solidify my practice. Um, and then I came into my own and really started growing at like 15, 20% a year. I just really came into closing um, people in general. And what do you feel like helped you out with that closing? What was your, did you have a pitch? Did you have a certain like mindset shift on, oh, okay, this is the, this is how I need to come at these clients. What allowed you to close people better? I think um, doing a fairly good job of when those retirement offers came and I closed a bunch and was like, hey, I, you know, I am good at this. So you're like saying that my shift just, you know, I always had it. I just, it needed that, hey, closed a bunch of people in a short period of time to go, you know what, I can do this, you know? And then along the way, also just honing little things as well along the way. Oh, this worked. Oh, that worked a little better. I'm, I'm noticing this. I'm noticing that, you know? Um, and obviously your confidence grows the more you close. And then pretty soon you're just like, why wouldn't you go with me? Yeah. That doesn't even make sense. Do you feel like that that confidence portion, like once you're confident, selling is just is just easy? Do you feel like, how, yes. how much of an impact do you feel confidence has on selling? Uh, huge. Just very much like if, even as much as I can sell, um, if I'm not confident in even what I'm talking about, so somebody gives me something new and I have no idea what it is, you know, uh, you can fake it till you make it to a point, but the more confident you are in this, it's gonna come across. Yeah. So you really want to know what you're talking about to be effective, you know. Um, like I said, there's certain techniques that still will help you out. Yeah. But the more confident you confident you are in whatever it is you're doing, it's going to come through. And just how you speak, how you present it, how you present yourself, um, it's going to be there. I'm with you. I think that what's really cool about the way you went about just your kind of career trajectory is after you finished college, you were, you learned, 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 built up the credibility, built up the confidence, built up the knowledge over those nine years before you went out and started your own business 
to where you had the soul, you had the proof. You had the proof that you knew what you were doing, right? Yeah. So when you went out, you had that certain level of confidence. I, I mean, I started my business when I was 20, 21 years old. Uh, no, I was 20 years old. And about a year ago, when I first started, I had no experience selling. I really didn't know what I was doing in the business. Sure. So closing those first couple clients were a lot more difficult. Absolutely. So that's why I really respect the path that you took that you took because I think a lot of people right now just want to start that first business. Yeah. But then selling and getting that first couple clients becomes so much harder because you have no reason to be confident in your product. You haven't serviced anybody, no. you haven't ever sold anybody. So, and just over the past couple months, as I've gotten more confident in the product and I've put so much more time into it developing the team. It's like, again, on a call and it doesn't even feel like I have to try to sell people. It's almost that tonality in your voice yep. of your confidence behind yourself and your business that sells them with it. Absolutely. It's, you know, I see a lot of people in my industry where you can come in and buy a practice. Yeah. Having never done anything, just that you have the credentials. Yes, you can come buy it, own it. And what you typically see, not always, but typically, is those just go along the path they were on. They don't really grow. Somebody's just coming in and maintaining because they didn't have, they didn't cut their teeth doing all that stuff. So it's just maintaining it, you know, what somebody else built. And they can still make a good living that way, but it's it's not quite the tenacity of growing something that you really cut your teeth on. Again, just to use that expression that you went in there, got your hands dirty, I know how to do this. Yeah. And again, confidence to then jump to something else, you know? So, I mean, I also, you know, have a business in Alaska that's nothing to do with what I do in the financial world um, that's also becoming very successful. And it's just, yeah. um, when I got there, um, some partners that we partnered up with were like, oh, you know, we need to do this, we have to do this, we have to do this. And I was like, eh, on a phone call, I was like, no, we don't. Yeah. I know how to make money. I know how to do get things done. We'll figure it out. So let's just concentrate on these things over here. The rest, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll get it done. You know, um, there's more than one way to do things, so we don't have to do it the way they've done it for 40 years because it, it, this particular thing, like, it's very antiquated. It's very old. Like, there's other ways to do it. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I'm with you. I, I'm actually reading. I talked to you about this earlier. I'm reading Elon Musk's biography right now, and one thing that he goes over when he was building SpaceX, when he's building any of his companies, one of his key principles in his companies is challenge every rule. If you're going to come and say that we can't do something because there's a rule behind it. Tell me exactly who, tell me the name of the person that created this rule, whether sure. it's a government rule, a law, or whatever. Like, challenge everything. Because there's these pre instilled notions that we can't do certain things and we have to do things a certain way to be successful. But it's not always true. Why is it that way? It's just yeah. because people say it over and over again, and it's almost like we trick ourselves into believing it's the truth that you can't go out and generate business. You can't grow your business because of X, Y, and Z reasons. But you have the confidence of building your investment so, business, so when you go over here, not an issue. It's funny, because I just saw, I don't know if it was a video or read an article, and it's the story is about they put X amount of monkeys in a cage, if they, and they hung bananas, and they climbed the ladder for the banana, they'd spray them with a hose. Yeah. So pretty soon, the monkeys knew not to climb the ladder. So then they'd introduce a new monkey. As soon as they got on the, the ladder, they, the rest of them beat him up, and he learned pretty quickly not to climb the ladder. Well, eventually all the monkeys that got sprayed were gone and all there was was new monkeys, but still nobody climbed the ladder because they just got beat up for climbing the ladder. Yeah. I had no idea why. And it's the same thing you're saying. Well, why can't we climb the ladder? <laughs> you know? So yeah, always, you always have to challenge. I mean, even in the financial world, there's a whole slew of compliance regulations. 
Um, some make sense, some don't. I mean, I'm always, unfortunately, I mean, my, my partner hates it when I do this, but I, I'm always pushing it, like, why, why? What, is there a way around this, can we do it? And sometimes it's no. You know, the laws are put there, our rules are put there for a reason, but others, it's like, well, no, that's, it just seems silly. I mean, we're not, there's no ill intent behind what we're doing here. We're just trying to get something done, you know? Yeah. So. And it helps you grow. Yeah. It helps you grow. Sometimes the, the rules are there for a reason, but they're not always applicable to your specific situation. It's like when you create rules and you generalize it, every situation's different. Oh, yeah. Every situation's different. Hey guys, so just a quick break. I do this podcast to bring as much value as possible to as many people as possible. So if you're getting value from this, I'd love it if you would leave a review. I'm growing this completely organically, aka no ad spend, so it would be a huge help. I appreciate you and enjoy the rest of the show. I'm with you. And let's talk about that Alaska business because you obviously have this financial end of things, sure. this financial business and, business, and we'll come back to that. But your Alaska business, you're, a, you're, you're an entrepreneur, man. No, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, um, this was coming uh, basically right out of COVID. Um, my business partner, um, talk, he, he talks to way more people than I do. He's, I mean, as, as uh, social as I am, he takes it kind of to another level. And so um, he's like, hey, he has a brother who's in Alaska uh, who runs a lodge. Uh, he's actually, I think, president of operations now of this whole company. But... Um, he goes, my brother thinks we should come look at this this opportunity. I'm like, oh, what is it? He's like, oh, it's has to do with the cruise business, doing some stuff. I was like, all right, well, set up some fishing. Let's go have a good time, catch some fish over there, and you know, um, we'll take a look at it. I always, always take a look at any any opportunity. It uh, doesn't mean they're always all worth you know doing something with, but I always it's kind of that door open kind of thing. You know, take a look at it. Um, so um, took it very seriously. I mean, I had about a dozen concerns, uh, hard concerns, about doing something in Alaska, being that I wasn't going to move to Alaska to run this and oversee this and things like that. Um, so we went up, had a dinner, met um, a potential uh, minority partner that would run everything, um, and so that was one of the questions. But got these these questions were answered just beyond satisfactory for me. So by the time we even left, which was only like two, two and a half days, uh, when my business partner and I got to uh, the airport, I was like, hey, let's, let's do this. Let's. And what was the, first of all, what were some of the concerns that you, hard concerns that you had that were answered? Can you share some of those? So I, the, the partner, number one, um, what made it different? So to give you an idea, it's, it's uh, cruise excursions. So this one happened to be, um, UTV vehicles running on like an old logging trail up to very scenic, picturesque places in Alaska. Kind of show them the real Alaska because most towns in Alaska are just on the coast. It's just trees, you yeah. know, wilderness. And so kind of show them like some real Alaska kind of thing. Um, and I was like, well, what's, what's the difference between us and somebody else doing it? What's going to be unique? I mean, somebody else has to be doing this. And there, there is um, somebody who was up there. Um, you know, where are we going to do it? Um, you know, how long of a lease? I got to get my money back out of this so I can't have like a, a two-year lease and then don't get the lease back on some land and have all these vehicles kind of thing. So, um, you know, how hard is it to um, get things up there, which was a learning curve as well to get things to Alaska is not easy. Uh, there are not a lot of roads, if there are roads at all, to get up there. So it's all coming on ships or barges and so things of that nature. Um, 
trying to find at the time, uh, we were just looking for 20 vehicles, 20 of the same vehicle so that maintenance parts, all these things, you, you want it to be continuity. You don't want yeah. five different types of vehicles, five different types of parts, depending on what they are. So it was like the logistic point of view. Yeah. Right? All the logistics, I mean, just make sure COVID, it made sense money-wise. Yeah, COVID. I mean, like the first vehicle I really wanted, which is one that I would use myself, uh, it's a Honda. Um, I called Honda and I was like, hey, I need like 20 of these. And they're like, the Pacific Northwest might get 20. You're not getting 20. You know, I was like, okay, we're gonna scratch the hot off the list, you know, and you know, so I had to start working down because again, this is late uh, 2020 or 21, somewhere in there. But it, I mean, the supply chain was still a mess. Um, so we even went to American-made uh, UTV manufacturers, and it was like, well, we found out they were American put together. There's still a lot of Chinese parts coming <laughs> to get put together here. So I mean, that was a huge hurdle. Um, and then uh, we were late to the ball game, so a lot of times the way these excursions work are the cruise ships are pushing certain things or yeah. available on there, and we were not on a cruise ship, you know. And so it was a you know that was one of their big concerns that we were gonna just gonna kind of die on the vine because we couldn't get enough people in there. And we so how did you combat that? How were you? Because you guys have been pretty dang successful with it. Can you? Are you able yeah, to share so, any, any numbers um, for that business? I've got um, online bookings and stuff going right away um, gotcha. for for that aspect of it and um, doing some online advertising kind of things. You know, targeted okay. advertising to Alaska cruises, um, and then uh, partnered with a, a long term ongoing business. You can kind of do like a combo tour. And they really kept us going that first year. They were kind of our bread and butter that first year. You know, um, took a lot less money per ride, but because we got so many more rides, um, and so I think we ended up doing shy of five thousand rides the first year. So, and what kind of what kind of revenue did, or what kind of profit did that bring in? So we originally put in, I think it was about three hundred thousand between all of us. Finished that first year with two hundred eighty-five. Wow! So just left it in as operating. You know, um, being that there's certain uh, Alaska um, tourism in Ketchikan runs from really about May to mid-October, but there are expenses like insurance and um, you know vehicle lease payments and things they are going to carry through and road maintenance and things yeah. like that in the off season. You're like, okay. We're not going to touch it. We're just going to let that roll to next year. That 285 number is that how much is that profit that you guys made, or what, what was that figure? So that would have been basically breaking even essentially, okay. because we put 300 in, it went out, 285 came back. Okay, so you guys but that was after yeah, paying everything else, you know, uh, and you're talking fuel, lease payments, all that sort of thing. So, but it was like, okay, okay we we ended the first year about where we started. Not that bad. I thought we'd be definitely way in the red. Okay. So uh, it wasn't that bad. Um, this year, um, our second year, uh, we're finishing it up. We went from 5,000 riders. I think we're going to have 15,000. So, so let me do the math. That's three X right there. We tripled up, yeah. And, uh, wow. Had some growing pains. We didn't think we were going to grow quite that so fast. So you guys but. are just under, you guys are just shy of a, of a million then. Uh, we went, uh, so for profit, we'll probably be... Nine hundred a million somewhere right. Nine hundred thousand to a million bucks in profit. Yeah, that is really yeah. impressive, dude. So, um, yeah, and I mean we're uh, buying another twenty carts right now for the next year. Um, talking to somebody in Anchorage who maybe wants to 
start something up there. So, um, and then the, the advantage of a cruise, the way cruises work is we know that they've already sold like 70% of space for next yeah. year. So even if a recession does come, at least we know. Well, people book out for those yeah, things, right? So we're, we're still looking pretty good for next year to probably do even better, so. So what um, would you say are some of the keys that helped you hit that million mark? One thing that's really cool that I think other people can apply to their businesses is the partnership aspect. Like you partnered with somebody that was able to funnel you business yeah, to keep afloat. Absolutely, so, especially when you start, you know. Yeah. So um, where they didn't carry nearly the percentage of the rides as they did that first year. I mean, the first year they probably were responsible for 80% of our rides. Where this year is probably more like 55. Okay. But still, you know, um, still big portion of what we made, but now we're starting to cut into it. And um, you look, the when you book on a cruise, so if somebody books on the cruise ship, we're getting about, on like a $240 ride, I think we're getting somewhere uh, around 125 of that. After cruise ships cut, our lease for the land that we pay, transportation costs, things of that nature, we're getting about 125. Well, if you do it online, we're up more like the 185. So wow. we obviously want more and more online. What's that figure, 185 per day? Per ride. Per ride? Per ride. Okay. On an adult. There's kids are a little different, but. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you definitely want to do that. We're, where that combo to where we get this flat 100. Okay. So, which is another reason for 20 more vehicles is to do a combo tour specific run and then keep the other ones over here because we don't want to lose that partnership. We want to still have that going. Um, and so dedicate one thing just to them and run everything else off the other one. So comboing with them, having the right people, definitely having our the partner we have up there She's very good. And very what, good. what about her do you like? Because obviously she's running so, the operation because you we, and your partner live down here. She worked at another firm doing the same thing, was looking for something better. So we gave her the opportunity to do that. You know, And you're talking her income, uh, or mine and my partner's income with what we're getting from us, it did not go up threefold like hers actual personal income is probably go three, four times. Yeah. Because she also gets paid for her role and then gets her partner cut. She, well. so she get, she's getting like the salary and yes. then she gets the Yeah, because we have to pay someone for that anyway. Yeah. You know, so, um, and then when she came over, uh, the one of the things we and my partner and I realized and took immediate advantage of was the um, competing company that was doing these was run very poorly. Mm. Um, very penny wise and pound foolish, did not treat their employees necessarily very well and things. And so we have <laughs> pilfered their employees wow. big time. So we have two managers that came over, a bunch of guides that came over, love what we got going on. I mean, we bonus them out. We do all kinds of stuff at the end. I mean, if we're making money, everybody should make Can money. Can you go a little deeper into your culture on what on what you've established versus what that other company. Yeah, so they were using um, vehicles from like the 70s, like more like dune buggy, old Volkswagen engine cart type things that were breaking down. They're not comfortable. You know, um, you're exposed to the weather, which is, um, people who don't know, Ketchikan, Alaska is a rainforest. Rains even in the wow. summer quite a lot. So that's why it's so green. Um, so you're just getting soaked. So we came in, brand new vehicles, covered tops, windshields, all that doors, um, ton of brand new gear. So uh, rain gear, helmets, the whole works. Um, 
as far as that goes, logistics were much better. Um, they were, you know, while you were on their tour, they threw you a bottle of water and like a granola bar. Well, we have some something better to eat as far as after the thing's done, you know, different drinks, different things like that. Um, uh, I think... Um, That's even, interesting because you're talking about like the things that you're bringing up aren't directly to the employees, but it reminds me of the way that you treat your customers. You, you show that you treat your customers better, which overall impacts the culture. And then those managers don't have to deal with almost feeling bad about the service they're giving out. They know they're giving an excellent service and they probably yeah. have to deal with less complaints from people too. Yeah. Now it's like, now they get to receive raving fans and raving feedback of, dude, this was an awesome experience. Instead of, I paid this much money for this piece of crap? Oh, absolutely. You know, you and it's, it's not cheap. And I mean, even you take the worst cruise excursion, it's still not cheap. Yeah. <laughs> it could yeah. be going to look at like a single statue and you're like, just paid $125 for that? Yep. You know, so you definitely want the reviews being, for the most part, glowing that, hey, no, this was great. Yeah. Fun time. Definitely recommend it, things of that nature. I think, um, you know, went out and got someone uh, to professionally do our marketing, film, promo videos, things of that nature. Uh, definitely helps versus just some canned shots of that guy probably had a fun time doing yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. So it was a blast when we were doing that too. And I did a lot of the driving of the vehicle. He would just tell me what to do. So I was like, yeah, okay. You know, oh, go racing by here or go do that. Okay, I'll do that, you know, for you. So it was it was a good time. You know, but um definitely uh still even learning now just things to do to um make sure that they're not catching up because we know they're they're eventually going to go buy new vehicles and they're eventually going to go do this stuff so we're always looking at what can we do to make the experience even better yeah uh keep the employees happy that sort of thing okay so. okay that's really impressive and that you know what a million bucks in profit and that's your second business that's not even your primary no, no, business just, so and my my intention is to take what i make there and put into other things to just keep, gotcha keep gotcha going. well that's quite a bit of money that you can put into other things with that